people of Earth, if you can hear my voice, you have arrived at another episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope. I am your host, Brent Pope, and my guest today is casting director, writer, teacher, Michael Testa. He has worked on so many cool TV shows like Roswell, Cold Case, Make It or Break It, Stitchers, and movies like Buddy Boy, Love and Sex, and Everything Put Together. He also wrote movies like Don't Look Back, Glass Jaw, and the Hallmark movie All for Love. And that's not all. We had breakfast at Coffee for Breakfast, a Venezuelan joint in North Hollywood. So let's go. We have Michael Testa today on Breakfast. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> I could go on a Hallmark card. My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. Yeah, it's character to my crew. <laughs> Is a goat pit a real thing? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Let me screw through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. I love a crawler. All my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's Breakfast time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, Michael Testa, welcome to the tiny studio LA in North Hollywood. Thank you, thank you. You are uh, have worked a lot as a casting director. I have. I want to know, well, first of all, where did you grow up? I grew up in New Jersey. Okay. Uh, and then went to a college at Northwestern for four years. Oh, interesting, okay. So did you spend a lot of time in Chicago after Northwestern? No, not one bit. I, <laughs> the day I graduated, I drove right back to New Jersey and spent, what, two, three years there and then moved out to California. So you moved out to California after college and after going back to New Jersey. Yes. Uh, what drew you to Los Angeles? Uh, just the idea if I wanted to work in this business. At that time, this was the only really place to be except for New York, and I hate New York, so. <laughs> <laughs> I like visiting New York a lot. I don't even like that. Really? I don't yeah. think I could live there. I like the food. It is very hot and sticky in the summer there, and I feel like I walk 20 miles every day. But It's too much. I, I, and I grew out, grew up right outside of New York, so it was always a hassle to get in, and I grew up in, a, you know, in the period when it was not great, mm-hmm. so it was always like this mythic other place that was not good to go to. So Yeah. Uh, we, had, we talked about this, gosh, it was a lot of episodes ago. What's your feelings on the Taylor ham, which is a thing in New Jersey, New York? I have very specific issues about that. Okay. Number one, it is a Taylor ham. I don't call it pork roll. Um, okay. And you can't get it out of here. It's a, it's a real pain in the ass. I love it. Until uh, my, Gina Ippolito, she's a TV writer, uh, she talked about it. I'd never heard of a Taylor ham, so it was like— It's so good. But they now sell it at Bristol Farms. Really? It's expensive, but... Bristol Farms, is it the same? Is it 80% yeah, yeah, of what it is? It's the same thing. Okay, it's, I'm going to have to try Taylor yeah. Ham from Bristol Farms. Okay. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Bristol Farms, Taylor <laughs> Yeah, it's a little like spam, by the way, FYI. Oh, the, you think that's a negative. That's a positive. No, no, no. It's right, Marco? Hawaii, Philippines, we love the spam. Well, then you'll love you you'll love. Okay, spam. gosh. Now I'm getting hungry, even though we just ate a bunch of food. <laughs> Okay, so how'd you get into casting? Was that uh, something that interested you? or you, did no, you... I, no, I had no idea about casting. Casting is one of those things that sort of no one really knows about, but sort of there. And when I moved out here, I simply, you know, wanted to get a job somewhere and yeah. doing anything, you know, and answer an ad in Variety, which when they used to have want ads and classifieds. And I got a job as an intern at a TV production house called Stephen Cannell Productions, and they did shows like 21 Jump Street. Stephen J. Cannell. Stephen J. Cannell. Right? Yeah. I, I remember that in the closing credits of things for some reason. Cannell rhymes like channel. That's oh, right. is, it, yeah. is that how you say it, Cannell? Exactly. Okay. And it was put on staff like two weeks later as a casting assistant on the TV show of uh, Hunter, the very last season of Hunter. So. Oh, 
Is that yeah. Fred Dreyer? Works for me. Sorry, is that wasn't that his catchphrase? Works for me. Oh, I don't know. I think it was hey. former uh, former L.A. Ram yeah, for, Fred Dreyer. I remember very, when I was yeah, very nice, very tall, very big. Was he guy. really? He was like six four. I think. Oh wow. Okay, because I always thought Dee Dee McCall, whoever played Dee Dee McCall, was like Stephanie super Perry. short. But she was short. So maybe. Oh, was she? There was, she was very tall and she was short. Well, she was off the show. When I became the assistant, we added another actress by the name of Lauren Lane, who went on okay. to the Natty. Cool. Gosh, Fred Dreyer, Fred Hunter. Dreyer. Did that, working on that project, I mean, when did you kind of decide, like, oh, this is cool, I like this? And what what about the job did you enjoy where you wanted to it's do it? It's just fun. Yeah? You know, it's one of those jobs. Too. And also, too, I mean, for me, the benef- the benefit for me at that time was— you know, casting is one of those few jobs in the industry that so you you work with everybody. Yeah, actors, agents, managers, directors, producers. You know, cinematographers, wardrobe. You name it. You are in contact with it, and you sort of get an idea of how it works. And just doing casting, I feel like I've got some skills that I could produce a movie if I wanted to. You know, direct, and that's one of the reasons why I was attracted to me. But also, too, it's just fun. You meet different. You know, have a lot of different people every day. I never really thought about that. Casting directors really do work with more types of jobs th- than I think yeah than you would think yeah because obviously you have to do the I scenes mean, producer too but that's but they but, don't really have a direct contact sometimes a lot of them do but with agents and managers right because you got to work with the actors obviously right. in, in the auditions i'm sure you have agents and managers saying hey can you see this person or how did they do in the audition or things like yeah. that and then you of course you're dealing with the client or the director or the producers saying like well we like this person we don't like this here's what we want here's what we want that's yeah. interesting okay so i was going to ask you Obviously, everyone has their pet peeves, things they like, they don't like when they're <laughs> you're laughing already. So as a casting director, tell me the things that a, that an actor over-prepares for or or under-prepares for for you when you have them come in. Uh, well, I don't know if it's specifically something that somebody over-prepares for or under-prepares. It's sort of a lot of times a lot of actors will try to give me what they think I want. And so they prepared in such a certain way, like, oh, this is the standard. This is what they're going to respond to, as opposed to sort of giving me their version, their take on something, which, quite frankly, is what I'm looking for. You know, it's just an, an idea, a different perspective and, you know, unique. And that's, I think, where, where actors can stand out. Yeah. So you're looking to see what the actor's vision of this part is and what their interpretation is not. Right. I mean, so you can't go too overboard with that. Like, you can't, you know, go off script or go off book and make the character different. Right. There are certain specificities of certain projects like episodic and film that you have to sort of follow the guidelines. But within those guidelines, I want to see where your mind goes. I want to see where the actor's feelings are and whatnot. I had a recent audition where I was playing a mechanic mm-hmm. and I made the choice that he was a werewolf and he would keep transforming during the- <laughs> <laughs> So don't do that. Well, believe me, I've had that. <laughs> really? <laughs> sort of similar, but like where somebody was like, what are you doing? And then they explained to you like, yeah, and I'm well, like, my thought was, overthinking. you have to kind of you don't want to go what someone else is looking for. You also have to look at the script and be like, this is what we're doing, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Right. We're doing a TV show. Another thing, you know, I think actors are always in their heads about is I didn't get this part. Uh, maybe I did this wrong. I wore the wrong outfit. I, am, I did my hair wrong. Crazy. Yeah. If I gave you 15 seconds, can you list a bunch of things that are not in the actor's control that has nothing to do with their performance? I've had things from where we cut the role, like after doing, you know, weeks of searching. I've had episodes where, oh, it's not, now let's make it a, a, a female as opposed to a male. And I've had, you know, numerous things of all oh, the last minute, the network really wants this person or, you know, it, it's so varied. I think actors have to like kind of give up. the. We don't have any control. We do it and then we see what in, happens. You go in, you do your job, you audition and you leave and you got to forget about it. I went to a commercial <laughs> audition one time for, we won't say some kind of showerhead uh, company. Huh. And, you know, they brought in a lot of people like the husky guys, let's say. 
uh, did three or four auditions, kept bringing us back in. And then eventually I saw the commercial. I was like, oh, supermodel woman. Okay, cool. I guess they went I guess they didn't want husky yeah, guys. Way, right? They didn't want husky guys in the show. Height, height has a lot to do with it. There was, I did a show where the actress was my nameless, and she was really, really short, and she would not be happy if other actresses were cast that were taller than her. The problem was she was so short that, you know, 95% of the actresses out there were taller than her. Okay, let me ask you that, because that's, a, that's interesting uh, to me. If you have a leading man that's, say, like 5'9", does cast, different casting go into it, like height no, for different you know, people? Listen, I, I'm the wrong person to actually ask about height. Can I curse on this? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. I can give a shit about height. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just put on heels. Some yeah. put, put, put on heels. Like, right. that's not, in my mind, like a thing. Um, I did a TV show called Cold Case where we had to match actors. I was constantly like, wow, they're really good. They look like the other person, but they're like, you know, four or five inches shorter. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Just, you know, the old adage was to dig a ditch where there was an Alan Ladd or one of the leading men of all time were yeah. really small, really short. So they would dig a ditch with whoever's. Oh, wow. So that they could stand in it so they would stay, stay the same height. Or did they ever do that thing with the app? They would put somebody on an Apple box to make huh? them taller yeah. also? It happens all, yeah. It's magic. It's movie magic. You can yeah, you know up. what? I uh, When Harry Met Sally, have you seen that movie? Yeah. I After I watched the movie, I was like, man, uh, Meg Ryan's tall. <laughs> She's not. She's not. <laughs> Just Billy Crystal's short. Yeah, yeah. That's why I will also, whenever I do self-tapes, I have the actors state their height. Because sometimes self-tapes, it's hard to tell how tall. Now, can you do it with your height, what you do with, like, your age range? You can say, I play 5'9 to 6'1. <laughs> you know what? With shoes nowadays, you're probably good. <laughs> you probably you know? Gosh, I got to put that Heels that make me six foot, and barefoot, I'm 5'5. Five, five. <laughs> so you're so you in L.A., and you start doing casting. You're doing also some writing now. You've well, had some I stuff. I started writing well after I... Um, established myself as a casting director. Okay. I've only been writing for about six years. I would, it's been successful, thank God. Was it always a goal to be a writer, or is it something um, you kind of has over... It was sort of earlier on. I, I sort of dabbled in it in college and a little bit afterwards. I mean, I, when I was back in Jersey, I wrote a movie that, like, an independent film company bought for, like, you know, $10 or something like that. But they okay. were putting action on tape, so I got a little bit of a flavor of that. and was always fun. You know, I realized about six years ago, you know, none of us are getting any younger. And right. I had, I'm had i having a great, great, fantastic run as a casting director, but which is not going to last forever. It's just not. So I wanted to sort of branch out into something else that was as creative, fulfilling for me as casting was. Yeah. Is there any way you would get, you would get a job as a casting director on a I'd show and then also as a script doctor on the same show? That'd be great. Well, but listen, I mean, listen, it's not that far-fetched in terms of no, I'm curious. Is that is that a real thing? Is that a real, thing like- a real scenario? Okay. But I've been, I mean, I've cast some of the things that I wrote that were made. That's sort of a little bit uh, in that area. Yeah. But you know, as a casting director too, I've read so many scripts that I really have the basics of the structure of you know, of episodic and or film and casting itself provides a very good foundation it's, for writing. It is interesting, and I like I said, I hadn't thought of this before. Not only are you interacting with all these different jobs, but you're learning a little bit about all these jobs as you do it. Yeah, God, totally. It's so interesting. I have not gone out for you yet. Uh... <laughs> Is that a hint? <laughs> no, no, no. That's not a hint. Is that why I'm, you bought me breakfast? I'm just saying. I, <laughs> but I look forward to, you know, being on a uh, Christmas movie. I know you've done a lot of Christmas movies. Look at this smile. Down, I mean. We're going down that realm. <laughs> well. The Christmas movie realm. Yeah. Well, you've done a lot of Christmas movies, right? I have. I have. So let me ask you this. This is interesting to me. Is there something that makes people more castable in a Christmas movie than other people in general? Yeah, I mean, yes, in a sense. I mean, it's, you know, I think every actor who does a Christmas movie needs to have an innate likability. Yeah. Somebody, you know, you, you want to cast somebody you want to be friends with, you want to 
you know, the tones of those movies are a certain way. You know, we want good feelings, good Christmas feelings coming out of those movies. So you have to sort of, you know, you're not going to cast a dour sort of person. What about for the villain? I mean, William Defoe, God love him, but he's never going to do it. <laughs> I mean, he looks like... Is even the villain... And he could. I'm not saying he can't, but... He's, right. William Defoe could do pretty much I mean, anything, probably. It's a different feel. It is. Yeah, you're right. If you, if I look at him, I don't think Christmas movie. Right. Does, would you say even like the villain, if there's a villain in a Christmas movie, is a little lighter than? Of course. Which is still kind of likable? Right. Like the wants, lovable know, wants, jerk? Yeah, nobody wants the Christmas to be dashed, you know. And, and, that's true. And destroyed. And it's always, you know, on the verge of being destroyed. But the villain usually comes to a, an eye opening, you know. Oh, so the villain is not just a bad person. They just had, they end up like turning it around they're usually. They're, they're misguided, misguided and they, the spirit of Christmas. Right. I'm always curious about it because you see, like, you work a lot of them. Well, like, Christmas, well, Christmas movies are one of the few genres that continually get made just because they can make money and they repeat very well. And that season of the year, a lot of people just right. want to watch Christmas I mean, movies. I, listen, I've done a lot of work. Some of the, a lot of the movies I went to have gone to Hallmark. And I, I'm continually shocked, nothing against Hallmark. Yeah. But I'm continually shocked that the following of those movies is so huge. I mean, they have a hall, like a Christmas con. Is it called the Christmas con? Oh, it's a comic con where they do everybody's yep. Christmas movies, yeah. which, is, which I think is a fantastic idea. But I and I have a, like an aunt twice removed or something like that. But I so she follows and goes to those things. I'm like, yeah, so it's what, a whole other you know realm. What would you say are like some of your favorite Christmas movies? Oh my God, that's now you're. I can't pull this out of my ass so quickly. I'll, oh, I'll no. start. I, I I go like Home Alone, Christmas Story, yeah, maybe. But it's not. You know, I I'm not one of those that needs to watch. The only thing I usually kind of like to watch every around the holidays is um. I mean, God, this is really old. But yeah. It's Laurel and Hardy, March of the Wooden Soldier. Oh, my God. I mean, it's just so bizarre. No, no, no. It's such a bizarre movie, but look, it's great. I, Laurel and Hardy, look, I love all those duos from back then. I love Abbott and Costello. Abbott I mean, this is a trio. The Three Stooges. Right. I love all those guys. But something about Laurel and Hardy, man. Uh, Stan Laurel's face was just, was just I mean, classic. Classic. It was so rubbery and that, one, and, and that one I just like because it's you know it's bizarrely with all the mother goose yeah. stories and then the weird ass guy that's just sort of like weirdly like Harvey Weinstein like sort of me tooing people. And, See, I guarantee you there's no other show talking great. about that movie, which is great. Yeah. That's really cool. God, Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy. Wow. And then they well, try to colorize it. And that was an awful. That's a bad idea. Yeah, it was a very bad. That's idea. a bad idea because it just looks weird and 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 it takes you out of the time period too. Like mm-hmm. you think, oh, is this later than it was? But it wasn't. I used to live over by those stairs where Lauren Hardy. They had the whole scene with the piano on the stairs. Where oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I'm not a huge. I mean, I don't know a lot about Laurel Hardy. It's more. I was more Abbott Costello and Three Stooges. Me too. That's all Early. I know. But no Shemp. I went back and watched some Shemp recently, just that's to see. Not, like, it's not. not it's not. It's not. Curly is the funniest Curly's guy in the world. If Mo doesn't sell that straight man, I mean, none of it works. I don't think. I I kind of hate it when they remake all these Three Stooges things because. Well, like the movies? Yeah, you can't remake that magic no, of those because, characters. Yeah, I mean, God bless some of the actors. I mean, the, the Ferrelli Brothers movie was, I didn't think it was that bad. No. Although they got panned. I thought the actors did a nice job, but it's just not them. It's just not them. I mean, it was supposed to, wasn't it originally, it was supposed to be like Jim Carrey and Sean Penn was going to play Larry. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a job that Sean Penn, well, I don't know. I'm just thinking in my I head, he would have hated it. Brilliant. It would have been brilliant, but I think he would have hated it. I don't know. I'm sure he's got a sense of humor. He does. I mean, look. Without Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, right. there's no Sean Penn. No Sean Penn. And, you know, I, if I watch that movie now, I still watch it, and I don't see Sean Penn. I see Spicoli. There you go. And you have no idea that what this shot. guy— 
what the, what he this guy is capable of and what he's going to do in the future. I mean, goodness gracious. I just recently rewatched uh, Milk, and he's just so good. Such a good movie. He's just so in it. Yep, he is. He's just that character. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's. I guess that's one of the brilliant things about it. One of the many brilliant things about his acting is just yeah. he's just that character. I, some characters or some actors, I feel like they play pretty close to themselves most of the time. I feel like he really pushes the thing. He's, he's one of the few actors that are chameleons. Before we go any further, we had breakfast from Coffee for Breakfast. Yes. Love the name, except, you know, maybe subliminally, hey, maybe maybe I won't get food. Coffee for it, breakfast. It was good coffee. It was good coffee. A Venezuelan place. They have Venezuelan food there. Uh, I heard you were kind of a foodie. So I was I'm like, very much a foodie. this is the place. Fans of the show will remember the other Venezuelan eatery we had here, Amara Cafe in Pasadena, where uh, I went with Ariana Ron Pedrique, and we ran into Edgar Ramirez, who was delightful... Very talented actor, one of the best in the world. Anyway, coffee for breakfast. We had, we both had the Venezuelan arepa plate, eggs, however we wanted it. You had the beef, I had the chicken. Yep, shredded mozzarella and the arepa, which is like a corn flour dough. It's kind of shaped like a cookie. Yeah, it's a little dense. Like a tortilla, like a dense tortilla. Yeah. What did you think of your meal there? It was very good. I mean, I thought it was different, and I think everybody should at least try it because mm-hmm. what, what was the other thing we had? The ca- cachapa. Cachapa. That was oh my goodness. It's like a corn pancake, but it's more like a corn cake, and yep. in between they stuff it with cheese or uh, ham and cheese. Ham and cheese. That was if you yeah. go, they really get that. Yeah, it was like a pancake sandwich. I would say, but yeah. and this makes sense. It's closer to a griddle cake. It also reminded me of like a Monte Cristo sandwich. Yeah, it was a lot like a Monte Cristo sandwich. Very gooey, uh, again, shredded mozzarella, just yeah, like they, in the... They need to expand the cheese. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a different type of cheese. Uh, I wouldn't... I don't know if feta's too aggressive there or too salty, too salty, but maybe like a... Like a, a, maybe a brie would be good. Oh, Even a cheddar would be good. Cheddar would be good, yeah. Because mozzarella, it's great. It's stretchy. It's bland. But it was very stretchy. Very stretchy. Both of these things, the cachapa and the rape, are both made instead of flour, corn. Corn flour? Yeah, corn flour. Corn flour, or the one they called arepa flour, which is made out of corn, right. I guess. Cachapa was fantastic. It was very, I, f- I felt like it was very hearty, very rich. I don't know that I need to eat. It needs syrup, though. It d- didn't need the yeah. syrup. And the syrup added another layer to it. Yes. Maybe that's not how they typically make it in, in Venezuela, I guess. I don't know. Very nice there. It was a little hot. Yeah, they got to figure that back room out. Yeah, because especially now it's getting hot outside. Because we were there. Now. If you were there now, forget it. You can't. We were there, what, 9.30 in the morning? And it was already hot. I was like, oh, I kind of wish I had yeah, ice coffee. For the owners of coffee for breakfast, fans, a little air conditioning. Yeah, things yeah, gotta, something. It's got to be done. Maybe they're still figuring things out after, you know, not. What's to figure out? You're hot to get a fan. <laughs> not a lot to figure out. <laughs> Make a good point. <laughs> It's a pretty simple <laughs> equation. <laughs> From the movie The Obvious Detective. Why are these people all sweating? Um, they actually had fans. They just weren't on. I was, I, was, uh, I was this close to saying, can you turn the fans on? Oh, that would have been nice. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, overall, I thought it was a nice place. Very good. Very Food's good. very good. Yes, everybody's coffee. Did you have there. coffee, regular coffee also? I have regular coffee. Okay. I, I with cream and sugar. But okay, cream and sugar. Yeah, I had a black. And I'm, I, I love coffee, I'm a, but I'm not a huge coffee connoisseur. But what I really liked about it was that it was it was strong without being bitter. Yeah. And I appreciated that. It's a nice kind of medium, I think. That's my take on the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Very I thought it was good coffee. It was nice and hot. And uh, yeah, I think you're right. It wasn't bitter, but it was strong. Got the cachapa. We had the arepa. You guys, go check it out there. It's on Burbank Boulevard over in North Hollywood. Nice, the tiny little spot, though. I like yeah. the spot. It's deceptive because I thought I, when I walked in, I was like, 
this is it. Like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, she's like, well, you want to sit in the back? I'm like, oh, we have the back. It's true. There's like four tables in the front, right. and you're like, oh, this is it. And no one's in there. And it's like, oh, man, we're the yeah, only ones uh, here. And then you go in the back. Everyone was outside, though. Yeah. Anyway, sweat. thank you for going to uh, Coffee for Breakfast. And, well, Coffee for Breakfast and also Food for Breakfast. Food for Breakfast, yes. Maybe they should call it Coffee and Food for Breakfast. Uh, you need to get over that. <laughs> It's, it's not that bad of a name. How about cafe for breakfast? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I need to get over it. <laughs> I mean, you're probably, look, you don't know me very well. I don't get over things. I get under, I don't know. Anyway, thank you for going there with me. That was fun. So before we get out of here, I need to get three quick recommendations okay. from Michael Testa. Okay. What is the Hidden Jam show or movie that you love that people may not know? The one that pops to mind is a great sort of psychological thriller horror movie called Session Nine. With Peter Mullen, David Caruso, Josh Lucas, okay, directed by Brad Anderson. It's so good. All right, the acting is superb. Session nine. Everybody. Session nine. What is the show or movie you watch just for fun? Friends. Really? Um, General Hospital. I just I've been watching that since like the eighties. Yeah. Uh huh. And uh, I mean, when I was a kid, I had a babysitter that was it was all Guiding Light, so I watched Guiding Light. Guiding Light. All the time. Reva and Josh, you know, all there's those. A of, <laughs> there's a couple of um, friends of mine who were on Guiding Light, who are now in General Hospital. Oh, is that right? Uh-huh. And then yeah, Sopranos, I just always, I'll kick in oh, yeah. episodes. Just, Did you watch that new movie of The Sopranos? The- I, I don't want to, I, like, I have such a place, because that's the area I grew up in. My neighbors growing up were Pinky and Dennis Soprano. Yeah. And Anthony's, and Dennis's brother was Anthony Soprano, who worked with David Chase on the pilot, apparently, you know, it was in the mob. And I know all the, I know all the gods. Uh, but it's a whole other story. But I, that, that show holds a sort of very special place in my heart in terms mm-hmm. of just being me in a sense. Um, yeah. And so I'll just, that's why I don't want to watch the prequels or anything else because I don't want to taint it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. What is the show or movie that inspires you? Goodfellas to me is the funniest movie ever made. Um, <laughs> the funniest movie. That's great. Look, I, it's I love, it's I, love the, I love that you say that because. Most people think of it as it's a very it's a it's a gangster movie. Uh, it's That's still funny. It is. It's hilarious. Hilarious. It, even just the scenes with the wig guy was his name Maury. I mean. That's well, the best thing I was like, the whole improv scene with him and the mother with the painting. That's 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 one of the most brilliant yeah. scenes ever yeah. in film history. Now, what do you think about this? It's weird that Goodfellas is such a great movie mm-hmm. based on Henry Hill as mm-hmm. the one character, and then we also got My Blue Heaven. Steve, oh, right. Martin, Steve Martin, also based on Henry Hill. Was that based on him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Okay. I had no Same idea. character. This is basically him after, I guess. Oh, okay. That's like, you know because no he's idea. in Witness Protection Program. That's weird, right? That's, weird. That's great. <laughs> One of the few movies I I love Steve Martin. I love, love him. I walked fact, out of the movie. I just movie. watched The Man with Two Brains. Oh, that's a good movie. A good I did not like My Blue Heaven. I don't know. Maybe it was because I was it's younger. It's not a great movie. Yeah. It's, it's not as. But Man with Two Brains is just brilliant. But that's that was my point. Kind of like. Goodfellas, one of the best movies ever made. And then same character <laughs> in a comedy, not as good. Well, they're such different movies, too. Well, true. It's not like we're comparing them, but I'm just like, yeah. wow. You can't compare those. Henry two. Hill. I mean, Henry Hill's like, yes, Goodfellas. Oh, and then, okay. Bringing Up Baby, the old um, Catherine Hepburn Cary Grant movie. I, mm. I, I could watch at a loop. I think I've never seen that. It's great. Yeah? Yeah. It's the, it's the, the mother of all screwball comedies. Oh, I gotta watch. I I, I love, like. I guess I don't know if the same era. Some like it hot. It's one of my favorite so movies from back movie. then. My favorite. My favorite movie of all time is The Sting. Very good movie. Just great movie, and also one of the funniest movies. Very funny. I've ever seen. Yeah, I did a movie with Robert Shaw. It's like Henchman, a few years back. With Robert Shaw. 
No, not Robert Shaw. Oh. His henchman, the guy that had like kind of the flat nose from the the Sting. He was always just standing next oh, to Robert God, Shaw. I remember that? Yeah. Yeah, he was in a few of those movies back then. I mean, can we talk about how brilliant Robert Shaw was? God. Yeah, I mean, he's in the Sting and Jaws, and that's just two of his movies. He's fantastic. Yes. Yeah, they don't make actors like that. Their name's Lanigan. They would get canceled right away. That's yeah. unbelievable. Dwayne Lonigan is one of my favorite villains in any movie of all time. Yeah, he's so good. The name's Lanigan. You got to remember that. You're going to get yourself a new card game. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for giving me those recommendations. Those are great. Good, good, good. If you'd like to get more Brentfast stuff, such as pics of Michael Testa and I enjoying our Brentfast from Coffee for Breakfast, go to my website, brentpope.com. You can list all my Brentfast episodes there. See clips from all my TV appearances in the official Brentfast store with a bunch of fun stuff. Shirts, mug, stickers. Michael Testa posters with him as all the shining characters. Yeah. <laughs> 19.99, only four left. <laughs> well, there's not that many characters in it, so I mean, not that many pictures, but they're all of Michael Testa as shining characters, including one, two, three and three, four. I was only. Like... Do you count the like ghosts as characters? Yes, of course. Okay, well, there's a few more, maybe. <laughs> Grady. Grady is my favorite character. Grady. Well, yeah, anyway, it's all in the Breakfast Store, guys. People do yourself a favor by picking up something from the Breakfast Store. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Breakfast. And make sure you subscribe to that so you don't miss any new episodes. Breakfast is being enjoyed all over the United States and in 54 countries across the globe. The latest, Singapore. So welcome, Singapore. Yay, Singapore. And trust me, my Breakfast Burrito Brigade, we are just getting started. Special thanks to my studio engineer, Michael Leon, and everyone at the fabulous Tiny Studio LA. TinyStudioLA.com for making me sound so good. Michael Testa, what is next for you, and where can we find you on social media? I think it's September. Uh, Netflix film called Love in a Villa, which I'm very happy about, very very proud. It was just a great script, great producer. Now, you wrote this director. one. No, 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 I did not write this one. You, okay, sorry. But I cast this one. You cast this one, um, okay. And I was just great, and Mark Stephen Johnson, an amazing director, writer, and stars Tom Hopper and, and Cat Grant. Ooh, so it's, Tom Hopper, I know him from Umbrella, uh, Umbrella Academy. Yeah. The big dude. The big dude. Uh, so funny, and such, it's, so, it's such a great script, and one of the best casting experiences I've ever had, so nice. I'm very happy about that one. Excellent, and uh, do you have social media, or you do not? I do. I'm sort of a Instagram whore. Yeah, love it. Um, I have two, or you can Michael like Testa Casting, uh, and then M Testa 8 is my other one. And I also teach, by the way. So if anybody wants to teach, us DMing. Now, what are you teaching exactly? What what, what kind of well, classes you are you know, teaching during during the during the the shutdowns and the lockups and all that nonsense? I started doing online, you know, just teaching scenes, acting exercises, teach about self tape, self tape auditions, audition techniques, scene study, scene breakdown, character study, all that stuff. Just in a way, just to keep connected with people, and because you know, casting is such a connected kind of job yeah. with actors, and I'm not good isolating myself yes. at all. Um, so I needed something to sort of an outlet to sort of keep connecting. And that was what I found and it's been great. And I decided to keep it going after it all ended. I was had all intentions of stopping it. And then it's been quite fruitful. And a lot of my students have gone on and really booked stuff and nice recur on TV shows. And and is there somewhere they can go to find those classes? Yeah, just uh, if, you, if anybody's interested, hit me up on my uh, Instagram at Michael Testa 8 or Michael Testa Casting and then just email me your email and I'll send you any information on it. Awesome. Michael Testa, thank you so much for coming thank in. You. This was thank delightful and great meal with you also. Very nice. And with that, we put another coffee for breakfast and food for breakfast also. Okay, I, mean, I need to get over that. All right, fine. I'll get over it. Episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope in the Ultigo Bag. See ya. Thank you.